welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We've taken a break for a week or two, I think, and surprisingly, it was me who messaged DJ saying, "DJ, we should do the podcast." Like he he was he was silent. I think he's just either working hard or enjoying the British summer. DJ, how are you doing? I'm very well, man. It's a bit of both. It's been, it feels like forever since that World Test Championship debacle took place, right? Like India losing at the Oval, but we've had a lot of exciting cricket. Uh, sadly, India hasn't been playing much of it, to be honest. But I guess when the players took a break, we decided to take a bit of a break as well. Uh, we're going to see each other in a week's time, which is pretty exciting. But uh, yeah, great to be back, guys, and talking cricket. As always, it's uh, always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. It was yeah, it was been a, it was hectic with the IPL and then the World Test Championship final. I mean, if we as podcasters felt it was hectic, can you imagine what the fifteen twenty players out there who were there for the WTC final felt like? So well deserved break for everyone. But as DJ said, lots of cricket happened. So today we're basically going to first half cover the Ashes because that has been exciting, man. Like I don't know, DJ. You've you've been busy, but I'm sure you're following it. I have actually been watching it as well. The timing is perfect for me. So we'll cover that. And then um, we'll also talk about the India-West Indies tour and the, the test squad with some very, very interesting names have popped up, especially the vice captain. So, so stay tuned for that. But DJ, the Ashes... 2-1 after three tests. I mean, it feels like every game is going to have a result here. Let's talk a little bit about that second test. And there was so much controversy around that. Australia ended up winning by 43 runs. But man, what a game this was. We saw a Steve Smith century. We saw a new guy called Josh Tung who was swinging the ball. Did, did, did you watch his deliveries to Khwaja and Warner? No, but I watched his deliveries to Head. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and he was then replaced by Wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, family friendly. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Josh Tung. Yeah, it seems like a really long time ago that uh, he made his 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 uh, Lord's debut, I guess, and picked up he picked up Pfeiffer right on on debut as well. Yeah, pretty exciting. But I have to say, like the rest of the the Test match, and probably it's been a couple of weeks. That it seems a little bit of a blur. But the only two things I remember are from that last day now, really, because it was just insane. It seems that whole thing is just like taken over my my imagination now. I can't think of anything else that happened in Lords. I mean, who got runs? Who got wickets? So, no, it's so let just, let me talk you through yeah, before you me, talk about the, your remember, two things, right? Yeah. So. Australia 416, then England 325, Duckett was 98, Harry Brook 50. Australia then came, came out and got 279 all out. And that was the, the point in which you felt that, all right, 370, this English team has done it before. And, you know, they, again, Duckett got 83. So quite a game for him. He's doing well as the opener. But after that, nobody kind of get, got runs except the man who stands up tall when, when, whenever required in the last day, right? Uh, now also, also, you've reminded me, Ben Duckett, he got out for 98 in the first innings, right? And he had one moment where I think Manus Labashain threw the ball and it hit the stump, so it stopped there. But if it had missed the stumps, there was no one backing up. And that would have been a, a hundred at Lords for Ben Duckett in the ashes. Fine margins. Yeah, so, it's barest of margins um, with, with England always. But 
Yeah, so talk me through that a little bit, DJ. So Stokes hit 155 on two out of 214 balls. He looked possessed. Nine fours, nine sixes. I mean, unheard of. And there was a point in which I thought he might do it. But yeah, do you want to talk about the Bearstow thing? But I like the way you said the Bearstow margins. Is it the Bearstow margins? It's the Bearstow of the Bearstow margins. <laughs> Johnny Walker. One of, that was my favorite meme to come out of all of this. Honestly, like, so we'll talk about the Ben Stokes innings, which frankly should have been the main talking point of that of that Test match. We won't talk about Harry Brook like flapping at one and getting caught on the boundary, backing away. We won't talk about how England went from 188 for one to 325 all out. Sorry, this is all coming back to me now that we are talking as, about. As you're talking, yeah. As I'm talking, right? But Johnny Bairstow, man, like, firstly, he goes, he gets injured while playing golf, apparently. I didn't know that was a possibility. He fell on the tee, apparently. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how hard he swung. I've just started playing golf with him. I don't know how he, hard he swung that that uh, driver to have swept himself off his feet and got injured and out for nine months. Uh, but, I mean, it just happens to English cricketers. You have uh, Ian Belp having to be recalled by MS Dhoni in 2011 after he's just... Like, he thinks it's gone for a four. He walks out. He thinks he'll have a crumpet and a, some scones for tea. And India take the bales off and he's out, technically. But, I mean, these guys seem to prematurely think everything's finished every single time. Josh Butler, another one that goes for a walk. They just can't stay behind the line. And I was listening to somebody. I don't know what you think, but why does this happen to English cricketers so much? I don't know. I don't know. You've, you've discussed it previously. You've, we've said it that they just all have this tendency. It comes down to, like, coaching, right? It's it's even the women's team it happened right yeah. in a in a game in against india Charlie Dean. so i don't know why yeah i don't know why it's happening but dj talk me through what you thought about that particular delivery okay I, and because i went through a range of emotions okay i saw the i saw the ball where he got out and you could very clearly see that he kind of rubbed his foot on the crease kind of signaling that i'm in the crease and now i'm stepping out okay so Firstly, first question, remember my questions, okay? Because there's two things. First question, does that actually mean anything? <laughs> okay. Second, when you saw the previous three balls, he was just walking out of the pitch, okay? So my emotions were like, when I saw the first ball, first, the, when I saw the ball he got out, I was like, oh, that's harsh, man. He did signal, like he, he put his foot into the crease and then stepped out. When I saw the next two, three balls before that, I was like, this is out. He's just going for a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, sorry, guys, if this had been done to death while we were on a break. But it's it's incredible how much debate this has created, right, in the cricketing community. One, at one end, you've got the spirit of cricket pundits and the other, you've got like that is within the laws of the game. The previous night, actually, Mitchell Stark grounded a ball and that was given not out. And at that point, yeah. the England fans were all about the laws of the game and and how that was not out. And remember, Indian fans were pretty pissed off about Cameron Green grassing that Shuman Gill catch as well, right, if you remember. But yeah, on that point, Particular moment, right? So, for me, Johnny Bairstow clearly thinks the over is done, right? He's he's scratched his guard. He's he's gone out. The point for me really is that this is a professional cricketer, right? It's it's different if you're playing with nothing at stake on a Sunday. You're playing at Lords, 
supposedly the home of cricket with the ashes at stake in the company of your captain everybody's going hard at you and you have just switched your brain off and decided to go for a walk and for me right as a, as a as a person who who does law for a living like you're supposed to be a professional right like the standard of negligence that applies to professionals is different from that that applies to to regular people right you cannot just scratch scratch your guard and walk out the point is nobody owes you anything and this is where the cultural difference comes in forget the coaching there is the feeling that somebody else on a cricket field free field owes you something virat kohli doesn't ask for anything from anybody on a cricket field right because he's grown up in a system and neither do the australians great cricket is a system where that has happened to people as they've been growing up i believe there's a game in which josh hazelwood played where the exact same thing happened right and if you do, if you switch your brain off for that one moment there are 10000 people waiting to take your place whereas the english cricketers seem to think that their opposition actually owes them something it may be that on a, on a, on a weekend right when you're playing a friendly game but in a professional atmosphere where there is so much at stake there's huge amounts of money that are now in the game there's huge eyeballs broadcast rights are massive why would you give the opposition a chance and then rely on their magnanimity and generosity to withdraw the appeal why yeah i i 100% agree and in fact when we when you saw the replay you saw that stokes hadn't even got back to his crease right so that's when i realized this is out man there's no debate about it so yeah you're 100% right dj i just i'm just shocked i'm just shocked at the number of times this happens but also talk to me about two quick things one McCullum has tried this. Bairstow has tried this in just the previous test. England against New Zealand, the I, you know Colin DeGrandall, Colin DeGrandall, yes. He hit the bat, ball yeah. against the other non-striker's bat yeah. and I think Jack Leach was bowling or something. It hit the bat, got caught oh, and they started yeah. celebrating. Like which is out. So out. yeah, so what's the spirit of cricket there? See it's a and, it's a fairly convenient thing to hide behind when it goes against you right spirit of cricket and that that that's the sh- I mean there's been so much written about it by people more educated like Gideon Hague has talked about part of the spirit of cricket is respecting the umpire's decision and clearly that's not happening and it's easy for Ben Stokes later to say I would have withdrawn the appeal or all of that what was really sad for me about that is of course it galvanized Ben Stokes into playing one of the all time classic innings which is all that we should have been talking about and the the whole correlation between like oh if besto wasn't out maybe they would have made that extra 43 runs or whatever they lost no man that that's not how cricket works that's not how like reality works i mean what if besto had run ben stokes out later on this is all hypothetical stuff right You yeah, can't say exactly. that there's a no, linear I'm... correlation between Besto being not out and and England winning. I mean it was a freakish innings by Ben Stokes. They were chasing the 10th highest total in the history of the game. And yeah. And for 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 a minute there we all thought it was possible okay the way he was hitting it. And no Nathan Lyon as well. Yeah. All That's this is coming thing. back as well my god. Yeah. Insane. No Nathan Lyon and then quickly what what did you make of Stuart Broad on the field like being a menace to the Australian <laughs> telling Kelly that's the worst thing I've seen this is all you'll be remembered for and then kind of questioning asking them uh, is it okay if I leave the crease I'm in the crease is it okay if I leave the crease Stuart Broad I mean see he's the last person to lecture anybody about the spirit of cricket right he's hated to slip and not walk 
and i actually want to address the um, the makalum point makalum actually said that he would do things differently in the spirit of cricket lecture that he gave uh, i think uh, 10 years after uh, the incident that took place he said he wished he could take it back so he's not actually he's he's he, he wished he could have taken back the murli dismissal and and the other stumping or whatever that he, that he went for so i get it but i mean stuart broad he just needed something to get his like he, get, he needed to get in the fight he needed to get into it and, and i mean stuart broad that, that's not the only thing we remember him for right nicking it to slip and walking uh, not walking we also remember him for yuvraj six sixes we remember for bumrah's 35 runs of the over we also acknowledge he has like 500 test wickets which helps right so i think it was a bit harsh but carry seems to have been cast as the villain in this whole piece along with It's patrick cummins because because the next day you wake up and there's like a, there's an article that says carry didn't pay his barber for his barber <laughs> <laughs> i mean what is going on i don't yeah, know if there's a closure to that but no no there is there is they they've uh, they've uh, apparently cricket australia said it wasn't carry and it was another player but they've sent proof of the of the receipt the international transfer by which the barber was paid i mean it's oh, all getting a bit wow. out of hand like the barber was wi- paid by wire transfer billu in today's day and age of tap and pay yeah it was insane just too good i i don't know right. but yeah carries uh, seems to have taken the the brunt of that but i mean fair play man don't give the opposition a a sniff but it turned out to be a pretty good uh, good ashes test yeah exactly and then quickly and, and sorry then the there next. was also the yeah. chat in the lords long room what is oh, that yeah, behavior kwaja what 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 have, what did they say to kwaja i don't know, you know what they said they, they haven't said out. yeah but they haven't said anything but like i mean it turned into basically uh like this whole like we are we we are the home of cricket we have members that uh, are, are the best of the best and don't say anything or do anything wrong but i mean it was just appalling those scenes coming out of there were terrible and what i really before. hated was the fact that the thing that they got upset about also at the end was that some of the members had recorded video in the in the long room which is apparently against the rules of being an mcc member so that was mentioned in there their whole thing like you yes our members behave badly but why did you record it because that's also against the rules like, amazing frankly that it's a pretty tone deaf statement it's it's an organization that's been pulled up by the equity commission saying it's completely exclusive doesn't like cater to it's got issues it's got lots and lots of issues and then andrew sau said oh the whole thing was because we let people in who would otherwise not be allowed to come into play because the ticket prices were cheaper like, come on <laughs> wow unbelievable yeah i think joe root uh, came out and said way too much has spoken has been spoken about this entire last test and they just had like put it behind them there was there was too much chat about it but anyway moving on england came back strong in that last in the third test and they they really needed to right because this whole baseball approach was under question the ashes they were 2-0 down out of a five test so i mean they really had to do it and man it was a pretty close game they won by three wickets and and it was pretty low scoring on both sides australia 263 mitch marsh comes in for cam green who had a slight injury and hit 118 of 118 balls i mean i was watching that and he was just ticking along like the score was just moving at the same pace as his own personal score it was something else i mean travis head 
went at a strike rate of 50 in that innings, right? So that speaks a lot about what Mitch Marsh did. England came out again struggling, but Ben Stokes, angry from the last test, 80 of 108, six fours, five sixes, just determined, had some help from Mark Wood, who scored 24 of eight. Um, and, and so they got close to it. And I think that was the defining moment for me, right? Just narrowing the lead to under 30. Australia then came out again, 224. Nothing really in this pitch. This time, head scored, but there were rain delays. They only got 224. And then you knew that, you know, chasing 250-odd, England were always going to be in the game. DJ, let me just talk, ask you about a couple of things. One, Moin Ali goes in at three. Harry Brook has not been going against the moving new ball, goes in at five, hits 75 and wins them the game. And then Bearstow's failure again, right? So just three things. Moin's number three, how good was Harry Brook? And does Bearstow get another game after, what, six failures? I mean, I don't think he failed in the first test, first inning. He got like 78 or 78 or something in the first test. at okay. Edgerton. But yeah, he's had a, Bearstow that is, he's had a few issues. Uh, Moin at three. I remember him scoring a test 100 batting at three. Uh, he can bat. He's a proper. He's mainly a batter who can bowl. Um, it didn't work out, but I can see why they wanted probably to give, to take some of the shine of the of the new ball, kind of protect Harry Brook a bit too, because Brook is less experienced than Moin. Yes, he's a bit better. He's got a, all his success and all his runs at number five, right? So. Uh, it worked out in the end. So, I don't mind the Moeen. I mean, what is Moeen actually going to come in batting at number 8 and do? Really, He's going to like smash I agree. it I, and I, like, do a CSK or what? Like, what's the point? Yeah, Stokes said, Moeen said, I want to come at 3 and take on the bowling. Which oh, is, wow. Which is okay. great if Fair. he did. But I think actually it was, a, it was a planned strategy that, you know, you go in and against that new ball, you, you try and play it out. And some of the guys below, Broke, Stokes, Bairstow, Wokes, they will go after the bowling then, like with a target of 250. So that's just, yeah, that, that was what I thought. Yeah, and I mean, Wokes at the end, batting at eight, worked out pretty well for them, right? So he's he's probably a better number. I think he's got 100 against India at Lords as well. So he's not really a, a number eight, but he's he's pretty, pretty special. And I don't know whether you... Uh, uh, was this like the best looking test match I'd ever seen with Chris Wokes playing Pat Cummins? What happened? Yeah, that's pretty good looking, man. Like, <laughs> you can't deny that. But even Ben Stokes said it, right? He's like, every time Wokes plays for us, he does well. And then he just doesn't play again. So he's like, I don't know. I, nobody can answer the, some of these questions, right? Like, why don't you play him more? But um, yeah, so that that's a wrap of the Ashes, guys. It is, it is heating up. I think there's an eight, nine day gap between the next test so i'm sure a lot of these players like stokes especially needs that rest for his body to recover but if england can win the next one oh man this is going to be a fantastic series so we will continue to cover it because it's a great series we're going to go for a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk all things india Welcome back from the break. All right, DJ, let's get to it. <laughs> the exciting post-IPL summer for India the last few years has been tours of West Indies, Zimbabwe, Ireland. 
So it's it's starting. I mean, there's no denying the fact that it'll it'll will be fun to see our boys again. But let me first, before we come to this quarter, ask you. Did, I read a stat somewhere that saying the last twenty years we've not lost a test series in West Indies. Did you know that? And last is that accurate? Twenty years. I mean, I would say post two thousand, two thousand two, something like that. I read. We've just. We've just not lost, and I remember like Franklin Rose getting seven wickets. I remember Anil Kumble batting with a broken jaw, bowling with a broken. I remember jaw. Uh, yeah. bro- bowling with a broken jaw. Getting I remember Lara this. Also. Yeah, the whole one chasing one twenty and being eighty three all out. Eighty one all out. Eighty one. There's a podcast <laughs> called Eighty One All Out too. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that was torture. But yeah, but it it. Even though we remember those things, it does feel like we've won more than we've lost there. But anyway, so we've we the, the pitches have changed right over time. There used to be faster pitches like all these Sabina Park and Barbados and like all yeah. these these like these names kind of like bring back pretty terrifying memories. And the fast bowlers used to be super fast back in the day. Like I think basically we started winning probably just after Ambrose and and uh, and Courtney Walsh retired. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much, uh, and the like that was the end of the golden generation of of, of West Indian cricket, which is kind of sad because, I mean, you've just seen they haven't qualified for the World Cup, the ODI World Cup in twenty three at the end of the year, which is, I mean, it's really sad. They're two time winners, right? And they they're three one time finalist, and couldn't believe it. It wasn't because of a one off match loss. Yeah. I mean, they they lost putting up 374 against the Netherlands who chased it and then there was a super over and all these crazy things were happening. It was mad. I I actually woke, I was up at night, I logged in and watched the last over and then it was a super. So, I like spent 30 minutes watching that match. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really, other than the guys that play in the IPL, right? Can you name what the West Indies test team is going to look like? I mean, maybe Alzari Joseph comes on to that name. Kima Roach, who's been bowling forever, I think. Shannon Gabriel, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, can you name what that top six looks like? No, I can't. Is Shiv Narayan coming back? (laughs) He should, man. He should. But, yeah, Wait, was he Shiv Narayan or Shiv Narayan? Shiv Nareen, I think. Then why is Narayan? Why do I get shit for calling Sunil Nareen? Sunil Narayan. <laughs> why? Sorry, you Shiv Nareen. I get so How much abuse for this. Kid's name. Yeah, Taj Nareen. Taj Narayan. Is it Taj Narayan? Okay, we need someone to clarify this because this is a very important point. Because over time, I've got abuse for this. Calling Sunil N R I N E Nareen, and that's why I've been doing it. Now I realize. No, but you're right, man. I can pretty much recognize only half of their squad, right? So there, there are a lot of new players, and I don't know. I don't know where they're going, man. I, I don't know. They've not qualified for the ODI World Cup. The Test squad is not recognizable. The you, we have to say India are the favorites, right? In this, in this. Well, we'll series. come to that, I guess, because the leader of the attack is Siraj, and he's got 52 Test wickets overall. Yeah, that so is true. like Shami is not playing. I think Bumrah's out. There's no Ishan. So what's our bowl? Let, let's talk through our composition and before we go to these guys, let's so, talk through. It. So let's like usual, we start with the batting. But firstly, this is only two two Test match series, man. That's but it's the, other the start thing. of a two year cycle. Yeah, and I saw someone on our chat saying that this is it encourages short termism that you only look two years ahead. I mean, like 
what are the business really plans for more than two <laughs> yeah, years exactly. in reality sorry i know we have all yeah, say yeah. five year objectives and all but like two years is more than enough man so, yeah you say five years then every two years you change your five year i think your friend was uh, he's a policy guy right like he looks yeah <laughs> long term is like 50 years anyway all right let's let's talk about the batsmen so rohit sharma shubman gill gaikwad kohli jaiswal and our vice captain rahane Okay, so Gil, I think, is locked in, right? And Rohit is also locked in because... Yeah, but I do think that your prediction is going to come true. I don't think Gil is going to open. What? Yeah, I don't think. My gut feel tells me Gil is not going to open. So where is he going to bat? I mean, he'll replace Pujara naturally right now, right? But the With whole... The isn't goal the whole, of trading to four. The, isn't the whole chat around Yasha Sui batting at three... I don't know. I thought uh, in the practice match, Yashasvi yeah, yeah, opened with Rohit. And yeah. I do actually think I can see that, that Gil is better at three and then in the next five years at number four. Okay, I, I, I can see that. So basically, the top three is locked in, right? Like Rohit is locked in. Rahani is locked in because he's vice captain. So Rahani is batting five. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. That's true. So uh, we're locked in for four and five because King Kohli is going to bat four and score a double hundred, and Rahane is going to bat five and struggle on the slow pitches, and then we'll think about dropping him again. I'm sure. Uh, but I think that's the top five, right? Yeah. So are we back? So why aren't we looking at Ritu to open the batting instead of Yashasvi? What what is What is going in favor of Yashasvi then instead of Ruth? Is it left-handedness? But that yeah, I think just. I mean, I gen, look. I think. I mean, I think Ruthraj has the better technique, and I actually personally, from what I've seen, feel he'll be better suited to a Test match. But is he But, a Rohit replacement in the long term? Is that the yeah, question? Yeah, potentially, and I think that's why it's it's come down to. I think it'll be Jaiswal uh, opening with Rohit. and i do think uh, he, i think they will he will also try to take advantage of his kind of quick scoring nature right and then i do think it will be gill at 3 so that's that's my prediction uh, might be the other way around but that is my prediction and i do think india needs to think a little bit long term about gill why is kohli playing this series what's happening what's the point i mean cuz if he stops like this he's out of all the squads right what Like I mean, he's not in the he's not in the T twenty. Oh no, is he not? ODI, but he's not in. No, he's not in the T twenty squad. Okay, we'll talk no, about that later. The, then yeah, he's not in the T twenty squad. So yeah, we we hundred percent should talk about is, that. But is the T twenty squad just basically someone who's done like fantasy cricket selection for pretty, uh, based on the IPL except, <laughs> except Rinku Singh? <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. IPL twenty um, three best of local players. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. But, but we will uh, no, we'll talk about T20 later after after okay. the test matches are done. But so we've got our top five. So number six is obviously Ravindra Jadeja. There's no okay. doubt about that. Okay. Let's talk about the keepers. Bharat or Kishan? So Bharat's a good keeper, man. I liked his keeping even in England. Yeah, agree. It was fine agree. in the World Test Championship final. And the issue is like you're looking two years ahead, right? You're looking. At Lord's twenty-five, that's what you're planning for. If you ever had to give a guy a debut in a quote-unquote easy international series, it would be now. 
Rishabh Pant, we don't know where he is. I think he was watching the Dilip, Dilip Trophy semi-final with, with Ayer, another injured guy. With oh, no, Pandya. Pandya, yeah. 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 Uh, so, I think it would be worth playing Kishan in at least one test match to test him over those five days on tracks that aren't particularly helpful for bowling, are probably pretty slow and good for batting. Um, yeah, not the world's most threatening attack. So, I would quite like to see Kishan come in. Um, Bharat is clearly the better keeper, but it's something that we've seen Rishabh Pan do work on his keeping over time and improve on it. So, uh, I would, I I would agree, like man. to see There's, Kishan pat. Plus I the don't have an, yeah, I don't have an answer for this. Like, Bharat is the better keeper, but you you can't just keep carrying Kishan in the squad, right? At some point, you're going to have to give him a, an opportunity. In India, you say you want Bharat because the spinners... Overseas, you say you want uh, Bharat because the Pacers. This like West Indies is like feels like the perfect place to try Kishan. So I'll be curious to see, but I don't think it'll happen. Plus, and, and I know this sounds market. funny, but like the West Indies is, and it's it's a really silly thing to say, but it as a time zone, it's not really conducive to being watched by Indian audience. So it's got less scrutiny on it this series. So if you are ever to like bed into a test side. This is the easiest kind of way to get in. And, and there was a question from Amit in the chat saying, why are we playing the West Indies? I think it's actually some of it is to do to that. We are in a transition. We've made the last two Test Championship finals, but that was when we really dominated Test cricket. You had Bumrah firing on all cylinders. You had Shami, you had Siraj came in. Ishant was bowling well. Kohli, Rahane, uh, Pujara were okay. Ra- Rahul was scoring runs, all of that. But I think this is a completely rebuilding phase that we need to go through. We need to plan for, in two years, can Kishan bat at number five, for example, and keep wicket? I mean, you've yeah, got other contenders because, like Ayer, right? But they're injured. Yeah, because two things very quickly. right? One, I don't think Bharat is a great batsman. And it's okay, but he's just not a great batsman. And I think in today's test cricket, that is going to mean that he will have to work harder or have a short-lived test career. The second thing is the nature of this World Test Championship, and Ashwin is not here, but we will do the math some episode, is that I think India always stands a great chance to make the final, right? Um, Because... Yeah, yeah, because of your home games, mm-hmm. apart from your home games, you always have a Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, West Indies, two out of three of these. And then you have been doing pretty well in Australia and uh, England as well, right? So I, I feel like the math stacks up in our favor. So you you hit the nail on the head that you have to be preparing for that 2025 final. And if you don't start now, it's going to be a problem because I don't think losing three in a row is going to be acceptable. We've got, I guess, an Australia tour and a South Africa tour this time. And we haven't won that much in South Africa. And the question is, are you going to back Kishan or Pant, if fit, to come back and take over the gloves from Bharat? Because Bharat feels, I think he's still feeling very much like a stand-in. He's not made the spot his own, really, which is, it's difficult. And um, I mean, the other point was Sarfaraz Khan. I think Sunil Gavaskar himself questioned, where is Sarfaraz? Why is he not in this conversation? And the selectors came back and said that, oh, they were upset by his attitude and like him pointing to them. And uh, Yeah, but he pointed after that. But yeah. Yeah, plus there was an interesting article, I think, from Sid Monga, which said that Sarfaraz bats lower down the... Uh, Sid Monga or someone else in cricket bats lower down the order than uh, the top order players. So he gets easier bowling in theory to 
play against a domestic cricket that's why he's smashing runs i don't know i don't know how much that i feel like if if a player is overlooked so much there has to be something behind it right um we don't know it but there has to be some other story like nobody's nobody's keeping him out for no reason so yeah. but anyway yeah bharat needs to work on his batting but his keeping was excellent so if so, you had to pick who are you going for for first test bharat okay. uh, bharat i would say bharat okay but would you play kishan yeah. in the second test even if bharat did yeah well? i think if we win the first one i think uh, i'd probably be inclined to play him for all the reasons you mentioned yeah i would like to kishan to get one game at least because yeah i think agree 100% So let's hope that happens. So uh, number seven was Bharat. Number eight, Ravi Chandran Ashwin. Uh, I'm guessing no debate see, here. See, over there's no Akshar debate, Patel. but I'm just like, what is he? Thirty-six. He'll be thirty-eight by the time. Like we don't have anyone on the horizon to replace this man, and we win a lot in the West Indies. Remember, because Ashwin just spins yeah. them out, and he's it, they started taking turn those tracks, and if. They don't take turn, for example, and that's probably the West Indies' best shot. Like Jason Holder's uh, taken wickets, uh, Shannon Gabriel, as I mentioned, Alzari Joseph. These guys, their best shot to beat us is to beat us with fast bowling, because yeah. we don't have the experience in a in a in us. Who are our fast bowlers going to be? Umesh. Uh, yeah. So Siraj. let's come. So we've got our top eight. So we've got three spots essentially. You've got uh, Shardul Thakur, Siraj, Onadkar, Saini. And Mukesh Kumar wasn't he the Delhi guy? Oh no, was he the Chennai guy? No, Mukesh. I think uh, he's an IPL player. I think he's Chennai. Okay. I'm gonna have to Google this. Now I'm very. I don't know why it feels like his face looks like he was playing for Delhi. Mukesh Kumar, cricket player, India, Delhi Capitals. Good shout. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Well, he did pretty he well, but. I don't know well enough to get a test call up, but yeah, it's an right. so interesting Siraj, one. Last time he bowled was zero for fifty-two in Dharamshala. Fantastic T20 game, Capitals versus Kings. Siraj is definitely there, so no debate. So we're left with two. Now it's an odd one, man. Like Shardul Thakur, I guess sure because you pick him in World Test Championship finals. How can you not play him? In and he scores fifty also every time we play him. <laughs> yeah, it's just that. Do you want? Do you need no. a number nine scoring a fifty? I don't know, but sure, Shardul Thakur number number nine, Siraj ten, and then you're left with what? Onadkar or Saini? I I actually think a little bit Onadkar. Onadkar, yeah. I, because yeah. it's left arm angle, right? Honestly, yeah. like for this cycle, what I would like to see India do is to invest. and it sounds funny and ashwin would probably have my head for this is just to invest in thakur like if you play in india make sure he's the second seamer or the third seamer because if you're going to play him in 25 if you make it that far like you're planning right you're planning for the best case yeah. scenario and the like, odds are stacked in your favor so yeah but i mean he needs to up both his batting and his bowling like i would have liked him to like pandya is a better bet he's not fit enough right but this is thakur's time to shine to like this is where he comes out of the shadow of everyone else and and says i can be the guy i'm not a flash in the pan i'm just not a fluke like over the next two years he needs to be consistent deliver performances with both bat and ball not just like one odd uh, cover drive here and one odd straight drive there that you remember and think oh my god that was insane it shouldn't be a surprise anymore is what i'm saying by 25 
So I would play I, I, play I Thakur. I would play Thakur. I mean, you have to play Thakur. You have to play him in this squad. You have to play him. So there's no doubt there. And then, yeah, you're left with Unatkat man. But the pace pulling doesn't look that doesn't look that great. But yeah, this is what we had. So I, mean, I think that's w- it. That's without Bumra, who, if you remember, in the uh, in the West Indies tour, like two three years ago, he was just flying. Stumps were just flying in all directions. There's some excellent compilations out there. So if, guys, if you want to watch some fun stuff which reminds you of the heyday of Indian cricket and, and when we were just terrorizing people, just Google Bumra Stumps flying and and just watch that. That's just quite some. Man, I saw some great memes where Nathan Lyon was coming out to bat with a with his calf injured and wasn't able to walk and stuff. Oh. They're just like Gumra, Sharamkar and stuff like that. So people are like, it, there's a lot of hate going on. But right how now. good like, a moment was that, by the way? That was fantastic. Yes. With one I mean, leg, hitting a four. He couldn't run, man. He couldn't even move. And Stark in the middle forgot. But <laughs> anyway, that's 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 a good wrap to the show because we started with Ashes and we ended with Ashes. That's how good the series has been. But guys, tune in for the India West Indies whenever you can. It is starting this Wednesday. And hopefully with this new look Indian squad, it should be fun. I'm really rooting for some of the... Uh, the newer guys, like especially Jaiswal. So I hope he gets a game and I hope he does well. And yeah, DJ, that's it. I will see you in person next week and we will figure out the next recording schedule. Yeah, and in the meantime, guys, go say uh, hi to us on one tip, one hand on all the social media platforms, including threads, which we have now joined for uh, reasons unknown to man. Uh, we now have another social media platform, which everyone is joining. So we're there as well. Follow follow the leaders. Um, yeah, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. Um, and like, subscribe, share, review, rate, etc., etc. Like this stream. Thumbs up. Always good. Uh, and we will see you next week when uh, we are all in one place. Incredible scenes. Take care. Awesome. Thank you, everyone.